You are now tuned in to the Storm Tracker Podcast. All right, Storm Tracker Podcast here. I'm Marcus Benjamin representing canescounty.com, part of the Rivals Network. Make sure you subscribe, like, and share this podcast and YouTube channel live from Canes County, where we bring you our opinions on the Miami Hurricanes athletics and recruiting. Today, I'm joined by longtime South Florida reporter, Larry Bluestein. Thank you for joining me once again on a Blue Monday, Larry. Appreciate that, Marcus. Thanks so much. Starting off what is going to be a uh, huge week. Um, going to now put high schools in motion and colleges, even though we had week zero games last week, just a handful of them. But now we're in full swing and uh, kind of really gets uh, going on Thursday and Friday with a few uh, college games. And um, then we'll be and, and we're. You know, I told somebody the other day, it's funny, you wait nine months for a high school season, and we're already in week two. And that means the off season is three times longer than the season. And, um, you know, as soon as that bell rings in the uh, in the uh, 4M game uh, for the state championships uh, in what near December 15th to 20th, you don't have a significant game all the way until late August, which is uh, crazy. So, um, so we're making the most of it, you know, and uh, we yeah. certainly did this past weekend. Absolutely. Let's get into that past weekend because it was a, a long one, I guess you could say, for the Broward County Showcase, which kind of showcased all of these Broward teams, some of the powerhouses against some of the powerhouses of the entire country. And I think it was a great showing overall. Uh, the Broward County teams, they went 5-2 and two this, this year, uh, dropped two games, one more than last year. Uh, but they were all great games. They were all competitive, a lot of great players. And that's what you like to see out there, especially from the, uh, the, the Saturday where we had Chaminade, St. Thomas, and we also had American Heritage. Uh, playing in one day. What were your takeaways, Blue? I know you were probably at every game, right? Well, I was at five. Uh, you know, it, on, it was kind of be tough to be on Thursday, Friday, so I had to pick one game. But um, my takeaways of this uh, event is um, uh, Dr. Kevin Perry and Sean Sarah have done just an amazing job over the last two years and bringing national attention. I mean, you had two games on ESPN, which is just remarkable. And then the rest of them on, you know, flow sports. And uh, the thing is, is in just a short period of time, uh, they have really upped the ante to the point that uh, everybody in the country was watching at least one of the games somewhere. And right. their tie-in with Dave and Buster's uh, put the entire seven-game package on every screen in every Dave and Buster's nationally. So wow. uh, what, what they've done is just uh, – it's been short of uh, a miracle. Now teams are actually – banging down the doors to come in. I know St. John's after last year um, told uh, Sean that they want to come back. 
So they did, and they were one of the teams that came back. And already next year, uh, Bishop Gorman of Las Vegas, Matter Day of California are a couple of the teams that are mentioned. Buford, Georgia, which uh, is a wow. really, really – so, yeah, when you – and and then I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag, but uh, they're trying to bring in Miami Central, you know, and then, you know, and, and Miami Central should be in that. So what it does is give them uh, to be a part of it all South Florida. You know, I know that yeah. Miami-Dade County hasn't been happy. How come we're not involved? And that's no, and I will tell you, that's no um, no knock on the organiz- organizers. They've tried over the last couple of years to bring a few of the Dade County teams in. I don't think that they understood the concept of the of the deal, you know, uh, and everybody wants to get paid, obviously, and but uh, they didn't understand the enormity of w- what goes on and, and how these kids are treated like a bowl game all you have to do is get here and the rest is taken care of bus travel hotels all three meals every day they take you on either the jungle queen or to the miami her uh, miami marlin game uh there's always something occupied um and that's the one thing that people don't understand being one of the seven teams in this event um, you're really being treated. And we, as you alluded to, we saw some pretty good football beginning on Thursday where you had two Georgia teams versus two Broward County teams. And a lot of people really felt they would go the other way, but you got to give Western and you got to give Monarch a team that lost by 29 in their uh, kickoff classic uh, a lot of credit. Uh, for beating two pretty decent teams in Milton, who was a highly regarded team from Georgia, and also uh, the um, Cedar Grove, who they're two years removed from a 15-win season. Uh, and then you moved to Friday, and it, were, it was it was kind of a neat little thing where you had Fort Lauderdale's Cardinal Gibbons against Raleigh, North Carolina's Cardinal Gibbons, uh, a much-anticipated matchup. And uh, uh, that proved to be one of the best, most entertaining games back and forth. Uh, uh, both teams are really good. And then across town, I, I thought Miramar, and people don't really understand how good Highland Springs, Virginia is. They've won five state titles in the last nine years. And the irony in that game, Game is the head coach Lauren Johnson used to be a safety at Miramar High School before going to Virginia Tech and uh, you know establishing mm-hmm. his life, and then you move to the Saturday games, which uh, started off with Chaminade and St. Francis Academy. Say, you know what? I try to tell people three weeks ago, just three weeks ago, St. Francis Academy in two polls was two or three in the nation. So it just shows you, and they open up with uh, Buford, lose 18 nothing, and then come out and see what Chaminade is all about. I think that was such an important game for Chaminade on a national front. Uh, the way they left 2022 was not the most pleasing. Uh, going out to Bishop Gorman and just getting throttled in every sense of the word. Uh, and then you went to uh, St. Thomas. And I've got to tell the people who have been texting me that St. Thomas is going to lose to Fort Myers and they're going to lose to Coco and they're going to lose to Western. No. no. This team will be 14-1. and one. They play one of the most complete teams you're ever going to find. A team that came 2,400 miles across, well coached, uh, 13 Division One kids, five Power Five kids. Uh, it, I mean, I can't tell you how good that team was disciplined, talented, and um, they came ready for a business trip. You know, a lot of teams come down to South Florida, hit the beach. Uh, 
they were all about business and they looked like it. And you got to give St. Thomas credit. They were in the game in the fourth quarter. So, mm-hmm. uh, and then the guy, and then things got away. And then, well, hats off to American Heritage Plantation and head coach Mike Smith. They went through such a terrible week uh, ever since last Saturday when they played Bo- uh, Booker T. Washington in, in the kickoff classic uh, when one of their players had a, a, a hard condition that he was pretty much gone. And if it wasn't for the outstanding work of the uh, training staff of American Heritage, uh, Timothy Burroughs would not be with us. So, uh, and it was very, and at the game, they all wore the number three out. The band members, I mean, number five, they all wore his number. And a very emotional week, and I got to give them credit. They came out and just took it uh, to St. John's at every phase of the game, showing that they're going to be one of the teams again uh, to keep an eye on. So, Marcus, seven great games, as you alluded to, and uh, what a great time. Yeah, it was definitely excellent football here on the high school gridiron here in South Florida. I just want to touch on the the Hurricanes commits or, or, or targets in these games. First, um, I want to say that Luke Nickel, uh, the quarterback for Milton, was really impressive to me. Yeah. Uh, I thought he was really poised in the pocket. I didn't think his offensive line or his receivers really kind of did him a lot of favors in the game. Um, I thought Milton was probably the better team overall, but you got to give Western credit. Like you said, they, they took advantage of the opportunities that they had and Davi Belfort's uh, shovel class uh, to Miami target Kobe Howard was probably the play of the game. Um, Probably. I I thought he actually scored on the play. So I, I think that that was really crucial for Western. But overall, I thought Luke Nickel for for Miami is a really promising prospect. And I think he's just going to continue uh, to grow as a player. And yeah. fast forward to Saturday, you had uh, JoJo Trader was in the game. Um, he had a quiet day uh, when it comes to receiving uh the the football um i think he had maybe four catches for about 27 yards you, the potential obviously you see there but uh the star of that day was of course zaquan patterson um he's just an outstanding tackler and i'll let you expand on what you've seen from him in a minute here uh, but the other player was malachi tony that the 2026 superstar i think this kid is playing like he's a 20 25 or or even a 24 kid uh he had another touchdown in the game against st john's for american heritage had another really impressive catch down the sideline where he was blanketed by a cornerback so i'm really impressed with malachi tony and what he brings to miami in the future and um but going back to zaquan patterson here he the five-star talent made his commitment during halftime and i do want to say one more thing about that game is that shamanad they were in trouble in this game at at first uh they were down 14-7 at halftime and michael van buren the oregon commit the quarterback for saint francis goes down with an injury so who knows how this game would have turned out 
I, I certainly don't think it would have been a 35-14 game, which it, which is what it ended up being. But um, that was a, that was a crucial part uh, in the game. But Zaquan Patterson is an outstanding solo tackler. I mean, he is just textbook when it comes to tackling the football, and I think he was a huge difference maker for Shamanad Madonna. What does he bring to Miami for its 2024 class? What have you seen from him over the years? Well, first of all, he'll be the uh, player that comes in with more uh, playing time than anybody. Five-year varsity starter. Uh, if you remember, they, he was a kid who was going to university school, but that year that university school didn't feel the football team uh, because of COVID. Uh, he played on right. that true academy t- team with all the rest of those, Brandon Innes and players like that as an eighth grader. Uh, he and Chris Ewald. Uh, two big-time kids that uh, have an opportunity to play uh, at a different level. But Zay is just – he's a big kid. He's a safety that Miami wants, linebacker mentality, uh, good speed, great teammate. Um, He's just a dude that you wanted. I mean, Miami was getting a lot of corners, and they needed to get another safety to add to what they have. Uh, Even though they have talent at safety on the the roster, Miami, they – lack depth and this is somebody that can come in and push everybody and uh you know you got james williams who's a freak of nature who's going to be used you know as is almost a hybrid and different and which we thought he would eventually is six five it's awfully tough to to kind of not put him down a little bit or you know in the box uh and then cam kenshin's who's done a great job but uh, to answer your question he's what a great asset to a class that is really really good and people are you know, obviously bitching and moaning. We didn't get David Stone. We didn't get, the, yeah, you know what? You're still recruiting off a of five and seven year. And that's what people don't realize. And to do what they've done and uh, Coach Cristobal and his staff have done to land people like a Zay Patterson. And uh, I think it's great. He's just a, uh, and like I said, he's going to be a great teammate. He's a tremendous person. And uh, he was raised right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I love Zaquan Patterson. Love what he brings to the class. Their second five-star of this 2024 class, along with JoJo Trader. They're going to try to get that third five-star guy from Shamanad Madonna and Jeremiah Smith. We'll see how that goes. Uh, But he seemed pretty solid to Ohio State. Uh, But, you know, it's still a long time until signing day, and that's what's fun about recruiting. Uh, You just kind of never know. Uh, when kids will change their minds about where they want to go. Uh, right. But like you, said, like you said earlier, Blue, it's it's football season. It's, it's game week for the Miami Hurricanes. And like you said, they're coming off a five and seven season, one of their most disappointing in the school's history. I mean, I think it's it's their third five and seven season since the 1970s which which is you know kind of uncalled for for a program of miami stature they start off with miami of ohio this week and miami of ohio is you know they're they're not you know an outstanding team um they're a solid well coached uh type of team most of all of those teams out of the mac are they're they're kind of tough um 
you know, hard nosed type of type of teams. Uh, they're not going to be any pushovers um, on Friday night. What are you expecting from the Miami Hurricanes, given everything that you know, um, you know, from the team this year, the changes that they've made on the coaching staff, the players that they've added? What are you expecting to see here in game one? Well, Marcus, I'm one of those cautious guys because, I mean, we lived through last year when we were told, oh, Middle Tennessee State, you'll blow right by them. Uh, Southern Mississippi should be no problem. You'll have that game one at halftime. And uh, those are the things that kind of are a little bit hurtful. And, you know, when when that happens and they don't exceed, and uh, that's why I don't go overboard. I, I would realistically like to see them this year coming into the ga- year win seven games. I'd like to see them be seven and five. I went over their schedule. And obviously there's a game, a couple of games that they could upset, but you don't know the character of this team. And you look at their opponent and people kind of slough things off. You can't slough anything off. First of all, Miami of Ohio in the two deep on defense returns 19 of the 22 players on defense that, that led the Mac and went 14th overall in the country on run defense. So obviously right there, they have some dudes coming back. Offensively, uh, Blaine Gabbert's uh, brother, a uh, 23-year-old kid that's uh, you know, got a lot of experience. He could do a lot of things. Their offensive line is really good. They run the ball. Uh, so they're going to provide you know competition. And <clears throat> the only thing that we could say is let's see what happens with Miami because we saw, especially in the scrimmage uh, you know, at Hard Rock Stadium, that and the, even though I didn't get a chance to see the other scrimmage, uh, that they have a running game and a big time running game. And, uh, you know, uh, a guy that you were extremely high on when we talked, A.J. Allen, I think he's going to be the dude. Uh, he's could get up and out real quick. He, he's fast. He's got great vision. And he'll set the table for the rest of the way because if everybody stays healthy, I mean, you've got obviously somebody, uh, you know, you, you've got uh, the kid that I really want to see stay healthy. Um, and obviously is Cheney, uh, because I think out of everybody have, he's a guy who can play in the NFL. It reminds me of Javaris James, strong, athletic, uh, just can't stay healthy. Obviously, he's going to be a compliment. Mark Fletcher had a really, really good, uh, you know, spring as as a kid who um, I thought that uh, has an opportunity to, down the line uh, to be that prototype back. He is a, a big 10 downhill runner, but at the same time, and I don't like to take shots. They wanted Thad Franklin to be that guy inside the 20, but sure. he never did. I think he was afraid to hit the hole. That ain't going to happen with Mark Fletcher. He'll, he'll knock a linebacker off their feet if he has to. And obviously, you know, I mean, you look at the offense moves and solely moves with, uh, what, with what Mr. Van Dyke does and, he stays healthy, and this is this is a year where I think that everything comes together. You got receivers, you got tight ends, you got the running game, you got a much improved offensive line. But he is such a difference maker. Not to take any shots at Amory or Jakari, but they're nowhere near ready. And uh, I know that people are hinting that he may, you know, he he's iffy for the game. Um, that makes a difference. That makes a huge difference. 
because yeah. he he has that leadership and confidence that those the other two don't bring to the table and uh especially going against a team that even though they don't play at that power five level but has a lot of confidence coming back yeah. knowing that they've stopped a lot of good teams last year so um i just you know i feel i i want to take every game one at a time. And that's what I, you know, every time on, you know, on our podcast or whatever we do, I mean, everybody wants to jump in, oh, nine, three, 10, two, we're in the cotton bowl. <laughs> you can't do that. You just can't. And you, yeah. you made a great point. Last year might've been the worst roster that this school has ever had in since 60. And cause I've been around and, and watching these teams, you know, as a fan in the early sixties up into covering it in the late sixties or early seventies. And I don't think Miami's had a roster that was so depleted of talent like last year. Uh, and I know you, you and I were in the uh, post uh, game press conferences and you could see on Mario Cristobal's face and you go, Oh my God, you know, what the heck did I get myself into? Because, he just didn't have that talent. You know, and yeah. it's awfully tough to face the media, Marcus, after losing to a Middle Tennessee State team that lost to everybody last year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, great points. Uh, I, I'll let you know what, you know, what I'm expecting uh, from this team. It, it is hard to expect anything from the Miami Hurricanes, just given its recent history. But it's a new era. You know, it's, it's right. a crystal ball era. And uh, we're supposed to be crystal balling here, <laughs> so yeah. to speak. So, so Hopefully. I, yeah, right. Um, I'm expecting first offense, right? I'm expecting offense. We didn't really see offense last season. We didn't see explosive plays, really. Uh, we didn't right. see extended drives going down the field. I'm expecting to see that, you know, especially if Tyler Van Dyke stays healthy yes. for the entire season. I'm expecting offense from Shannon Dawson, from these playmakers that Miami has accumulated as far as, you know, A.J. Allen and, you know, Kobe Young should take another step and so should Restrepo and so should George. And you got a nice stable of running backs there. Um tight ends are pretty deep as well. You've got some experienced guys. You got some guys coming off of injury in Cam McCormick and Elijah Arroyo. Jaleel Skinner should be taking a next step in his game. And the offensive line is better, uh, but they have to stay healthy. They have to stay relatively healthy. That's, you know, kind of something that probably won't happen because it's football. Um, especially with the offensive line, it's kind of natural to have an injury here and there, but they have to stay for the most part re relatively healthy. And I'm expecting this offense to to look a lot better than than last season, just based on the different scheme. Ty Tyler Van Dyke is now in a scheme similar to 2021 when he's with Rhett Lashley. So I'm expecting these receivers to really make plays in the open field on the defensive side of the ball. I'm expecting this defensive line to be a strength and to create pressure. And 
uh, yeah, I'm I'm hard to I'm hard pressed to really say if they will be stopping the run consistently. Right. We'll see about about that. You know, that's that's kind of a wait and see, or that's kind of what I'm hoping for, I guess, to right. to see if they can stop the run on a consistent basis. But I know if it's if it's third and long, then I'm I'm pretty confident that Miami will be able to get on, get off the field in this game, in this game sure. with with Miami of Ohio. I just think they uh, have the talent to to get that team off the field on third down. So that's that's kind of what I am expecting from this team here on Friday night, opening night at Hard Rock Stadium. But all eyes will be on Tyler Van Dyke. You you alluded to that earlier that you know his health is crucial here and we've heard the rumors that he's injured his finger and that he is questionable for Friday night's game. And it, it it sounds like he is probably going to play, uh, but he's likely probably not going to be 100%. Uh, you know, finger injuries usually don't heal in a week. Right. So, so we'll see if he plays. And if he plays the entire game, I think it, the, if he does play the entire game, that really kind of depends on how the score goes. Yeah. But no, that makes sense. I mean, um, but you know, the one thing too is that uh, with with a uh, you know a, um, a team like my Miami of Ohio who comes in, like I said, with confidence, and if they kind of smell blood in, in in the form of a backup quarterback, especially with the defense coming in the way they do, um, Bill Bretchen, who's the uh, defensive coordinator and also uh, handles the defensive backs. I mean, he's going to, he's going to try to do every scheme he can do. He's going to send people, he's going to send blitzes. So from that standpoint, the whole thing is to disrupt Miami, uh, the university of Miami's offense. And the only way I think they're going to do it effectively is if uh, Tyler's not in there. Cause I think Tyler's smart where he's going to pick up schemes. He's going to pick up a lot of things, but uh, again, I, you know, and I've said this all along, I'm, I'm not sleeping on anybody. I'm not sleeping on anybody. I mean, you know, obviously, but then Cookman's at a different level, but um Miami of Ohio is, is a division one team. So, I mean, they got players, they got dudes that anytime you recruit kids who are division one level, if they even start maturing a little bit more and uh, as sophomores and juniors, they become maybe a, a player that a lot of people early on might've said, Oh, okay. That kid could play at Ohio state. So, yeah, I don't take anything. I mean, you know, I would much rather you and, and every other fan say, I told you, Larry, I told you, Larry. And I hope I hope that happens. I hope they come out and win the game 49 to 20. But the all likelihood of that happening coming off of last year, we'll see. It's a wait and see type of thing. I mean, and I know, I mean, it's funny you hear all these fans who kind of forget about what happened last year and they go, well, I hope yeah. they don't look, I hope they don't look ahead to Texas A&M. What? <laughs> You're going to look ahead to anybody after last year? Come on. Uh, so I think they're going to be focused. Um, but understand that the, the opposing team on a Friday night is going to come down here and try to get you off to a bad start. So, uh, going to be interesting it's going to be interesting so we'll see what happens 
Yeah, definitely. I, I think um, it, it will definitely be interesting as far as what the score will be. Vegas has this game at 17 and a half. It, it mm -hmm. actually dropped to 16 and a half as Miami favorites. Miami did a terrible job of, of covering the spread last season. So I think expectations are always high for the Hurricanes, uh, although they, you know, failed to meet them um, at times. And I think in this game, I think this is going to be closer than the experts think. Blue, uh, I don't think this is going to be a, a three-touchdown game. Um, it's it's game one, you know. Uh, game yeah. one, you kind of have to feel out what kind of team you have. And the, the players haven't really – there's so many new players on this team. They have to kind of feel each other out and kind of know how to trust each other. That's how game ones usually are. I mean, right. it, it's, it's always the hardest game to really predict. And Miami of Ohio is, is going to be one of those sneaky teams that, that um, is going to play really tough in, in that first half. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a three-point game by halftime, by any stretch, you know, maybe they can pull away in the second half. But, you know, I, I think this is this is going to be a closer game uh, than than the experts think, just because of, you know, it being game one. And, you know, the news that we got uh, about Tyler Van Dyke right. not being 100 percent because Jakari Brown, you know, was, you know, underwhelming last last season when he did yeah. play um he had some moments and he's an outstanding athlete um but i don't believe he's he's quite ready to assume a full-time gig as a college quarterback and neither do i feel that way about a true freshman in air and emory uh williams so it should be a very very interesting to kind of see how it all unfolds on friday night I think the energy is going to be there, though, since, since it's a night game um, as far as the crowd is concerned. So I think they, they'll they be able to kind of feed off of that and maybe create some turnovers in yeah. this one. Um, but uh, players players uh, that you think will kind of stand out in, on, on Friday night, um, who's that for you? Well, I, I got to think that, uh, you know, somebody who's going to try to set the tone – uh, again, because of the fact that, you know, he was out a lot of last year, but when he was in, he was exciting. It was is Xavier Restrepo on the offensive side of the ball because he gives them some stability. You know, obviously Colby Young and all these other uh, receivers have a lot of potential, but they really haven't, on my mind, uh, really lived up to it in game conditions. Uh, Xavier has. I think he kind of is a key. And obviously anybody in the Jaden Parrish, I mean, uh, anybody, Parrish, any of the running backs. But as you said, offensive line-wise in that first scrimmage uh, game over at uh, Hard Rock, just in the first uh, series alone, they had two holding penalties with the number one offensive line. So uh, those are things that need to be corrected. Uh, defensively, obviously, the guy that I'm looking forward to set the tempo is a guy who did it last year in Cam Kitchens. You know, he's the captain on the defensive side, a big playmaking guy. I think if he can assert himself, because a lot of people are saying, you know, well, you know, there's always that second year of after you know, doing everything and you're going to fall and, 
And I think he gets off to a really good start. I think, you know, he's going to make it tough for them to throw into the secondary. He's going to come up and support the run. Uh, so if I had to pick two guys, I think those are the two guys that I'm going to key on and look at on Friday night. Excellent choices. Uh, Cam Kinchins, if he's able to become an All-American again, he puts himself in some pretty elite company as safeties yeah. with, with Benny Blades and Ed Reed. And uh, Ted Hendricks. <laughs> right, right. And Ted Hendricks, is, Ted Hendricks as well. Ted Hendricks did three times, actually. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, he'd be in an elite safety company. I mean, he'd be in safety royalty basically by University of Miami standards. Uh, for me on defense, I, I think it's Francisco Maunoa, man. I, I really think he is going to be a, a huge difference maker in the scrimmage. He really showed what he can do as far as stopping the run, which, you know, we know that's key in every football game. So I'm really excited to see what he will do and bring to this defense I think he's going to allow, uh, you know, other other players to really kind of make plays um, like the, the other linebacker that that plays along aside him with which is either going to be Wesley Besaint or likely KJ Cloyd. I think he he is he's going to be a difference maker for that defense aside from the defensive line who I'm really high on. On offense, I think this is the year that Jacoby George really kind of shows what he can do. Um, I, I think overall he is probably the most well-rounded receiver on the team, uh, can catch fades well, can can take you deep, can go across the middle, can catch a screen. He has all the tools to be the best wide receiver for the Miami Hurricanes if he can just stay on the field be healthy the entire season and just kind of really show what we've all, always seen from him out of play, plantation high school. Uh, we've kind right. of yet to seen that high level ability from Jacoby George. And I think he sh will show on Friday that this is going to be his season. And uh, last thing before we get out of here, blue prediction time, you know, um, if, if you had to put a score on what's going to happen, just given what you know now, of course, we'll probably learn more things as, as the week goes on here. How does this game of uh, Miami versus Miami turn out? I think I was at the last Miami versus Miami. It was like 58 nothing or so, but ain't going to be was, like yeah, that it now. Uh, it was 54 yeah, to three. Yeah, boy, it's crazy. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I still have the game program. I was looking at it last week to see, you know, back then. But I just think given the way things are and we don't know enough about Miami as a football team, we know a lot of individuals, we know what they're capable of doing. Um, I think this is a 30-17 game. I think that, uh, as you said, it could be close at halftime. Miami may add a touchdown or so in the second half. And um, listen, that's fair. Because Miami of Ohio is going to be nine and two or eight and three at the worst, uh, you know. I mean, they're, I mean, they got they're defending champions of the of the conference. They return a lot of kids, uh, so I don't think the stage is going to be too big for them. You know, you get a lot of programs that'll come in here into a uh, you know situation where you're playing a power five school, you know, in their place at night um, that they would be overwhelmed. But I don't think they will. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go 27-16 is kind of where I'm going here. I think, you know, Miami puts enough points to, to definitely win the game, and I think they make some stops in the second half and, and create some turnovers to kind of, you know, I, I guess simmer down that, 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 that uh, Miami of Ohio offense. Uh, I think it'll be that that type of game, and like I said, I, I think um, this is uh, you got a long, a lot of young kids here that are that are in this game, and some some are playing their first college football game ever. So I think a lot of adrenaline yeah. will be pumping uh, for for these for these guys in game one. So that's that's kind of where I'm going there, given what I know now. Um, but uh, should be fun, man. Should be fun, and and um, looking forward to seeing you in in, in the press box yeah. on, on Friday, and and also in every game this season. I hope we're looking at each other in a positive way because there was a lot of times <laughs> last year you looked at me at halftime like to say, "Oh, geez, <laughs> right. not again." <laughs> right, right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, good times ahead for Miami Hurricanes fans. And that's going to wrap it up for the Storm Tracker podcast. Once again, make sure you subscribe to canescounty.com, part of the Rivals Network. Today is the last day for our promotion that we're running, where it's 60% off the first year of an annual subscription. Make sure to like, share, and and, um, comment on this podcast, as well as this YouTube channel. And we will catch you for the next episode of the Storm Tracker Podcast.